All right. So thank you for joining me today. I've got Hayat Ali. And hey, hey. Uh, I got to check out and see how many I've done now. This used to be easy, but this is episode number five. Episode okay. number five of Introducing. So I'm calling this podcast Introducing. And okay. uh, I did record a small introductory little thing that I have uh, up on Spotify too that explains kind of why I'm doing this. But briefly, it's essentially just... I think it, it came out of a, a deficit of mine in communicating and, and reaching out to my friends and talking to the people who surrounded me. And I get in trouble a lot with a bunch of people that say that I don't talk enough. My family always is telling me that, you know, I don't say what's on my mind and I don't share things about myself. So I think I'm using this at least in some way to try to learn how to share more. And then at the same time, try to get to know you know, the people that I call my friends, I just want to, I think there's a lot that I don't know about them and the things that I do know about them, I don't necessarily know as much as I think I do. So I'm glad yeah. that you were able to join me for this here today on uh, episode five. <clears throat> so yeah, I have a whole list of people who I want to have on this and, and there's people from all different aspects of my life and this being so early in the podcast, I did a couple of people from Michigan. I did somebody um, who's not from Michigan. And you're the first person who is... The other people were all people that I knew for a, a long time. And I will say that you are one of the newer people uh, in terms of people that I actually call my friends. And uh, I think this is a perfect... I think you're a perfect person for this podcast to get to know you a little bit better. And I... I was trying to figure out how exactly I know you. And I think the origin story is a little bit unclear. I don't know if you remember exactly how it happened. Yeah. You know, I actually, I, it's funny because I was thinking about this a little bit um, when you asked me to come on. And I think the first time we met was, so I was, I think at this point I was living with Ali in Ann Arbor for grad school. I was either living with him or it was the first year where I wasn't living with him, but I was there pretty often. And I remember you and Divya were visiting, I think for a weekend, it was just you two, or you guys were passing by or something. Um, but I ended up meeting you guys at his place. Um, but I remember it was uh, you two, Ali, me, Shayna, Adish. And I think Muda might've been there. Um, <laughs> Cause I just had this visual, but I think that was the first time we met. Okay. Um, but I don't know how we just started hanging out in Chicago, to be honest. That, that part is funny. <laughs> yeah, I remember I, us starting to hang out. I don't know either. And I think I've asked this question to a lot of my friends who I've known a long time. And oftentimes, I feel like the best friends that I have are often like, we don't know how it started. And like, it doesn't really matter, yeah. I guess. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I've known you now for, for years, I guess, technically. But the amount yeah, of time now. I think we spent together, you know, maybe hasn't been as much but yeah so i mean i we hung out in michigan a bunch and then you in chicago we hung out for a long time and now over right. the last how long have you been in milwaukee now it's been what two years oh no it's been about a year one year a year and some months yeah okay okay and um how long were you in chicago before i was in chicago for exactly two and a half years and then i think you were in new york for what days a couple days yeah weeks <laughs> basically yeah i was there for six weeks man i moved six there weeks. february 1st literally february 1st of 2020 okay um and then six weeks later everything went down and then i okay. left um yeah okay for those listeners who are going to be listening to this 20 years from now when this podcast blows up this is when the covid pandemic started <laughs> So you spent six weeks in New York and then you said, okay, you know, I got a new job, but I'm just going to move back to the Midwest. Yeah. Well, first I didn't know. I just left because I don't know if you remember, but when I like decided to move to New York, that was like, it was a super tough decision because I didn't yeah. want to leave Chicago. Yeah. Who um, would? Yeah. At that point I was so comfortable too. I was hanging out with you guys like three, four times a week. Yeah. Also, I just moved to Chicago. Shane was in Milwaukee. So like, social situation was like super nice. Um, but I wanted to leave my job and I definitely liked the new job I got. So it was a tough decision, but did that. 
So as soon as we went like work from home, even though at the time we thought it was only work from home for like a week or maybe a couple of days before, you know, everyone quarantines and then the pandemic <laughs> will be over. Right. Um, but I ended up leaving right, right away. Cause I wanted to come back and just hang out with everyone in Chicago. But then like weeks and months went by and then it was June where I finally said, you know what, I'm going to get out of my lease. Cause it's feel like it's going to be a little bit longer. Um, yeah. So yeah, it kind of, there, there was a build up to it and at, at, you know, to me eventually deciding like, all right, I'm probably not going to be living in New York right now. Do you see, I mean, do you have a, I guess not regret because you couldn't really do it, but do you feel like you missed out on living in New York? Was that something that you were, was it more the job or were you excited about, I imagine something about New York was also exciting. Yeah. That's a good question because I think at the time it was a little bit more specific to the job, but I think overall in my life, I definitely always wished to live in New York. So once I got there, I was like, all right, like I'm going to do this. I'm going to live in New York and, and, and actually try this out because from one point I'm like yeah I kind of wish I, I got some time in New York before leaving um, but then another point I don't know it's kind of also nice for life to slow down a little bit um, got to spend more time with like you know closer people um, with Shana now so like I think you know it's hard to say I think there were positives you know whichever way would have gone yeah and I guess you still have the, the job so you know that was yeah. a big part of it so I mean, how has that right. been going? Is that lived up to your, the amount of effort you put into making the decision? Was it, was it worth it? Uh, so I actually switched teams from that first job after a year, I actually switched. Okay. Teams. Um, I think that was the, looking back, that was definitely the right decision. Like that was a good decision I made. Um, okay. like it was the right job to give me like a stepping stool to like where I eventually want to be. Um, but that job ended up being kind of, it, it's hard. Like it ended up being tough. And, um, hard part of it is like, I don't know if it was just COVID and, and being burnt out from that. Um, but by the end of it, I was pretty like, by the end of the year, I was pretty ready to a new job. Um, so I ended up just switching teams internally to a new team that I'm on now, that I'm still on. And it's been about a year since I've been on this team. Okay. So overall, I think it was the right decision. I, I definitely think, I definitely am happy that I've made that decision to make that job. And you're a, a product manager, right? Like all my other friends. Yeah. Yeah. Product manager. Which, <laughs> okay. Yeah. What does that mean? I, I don't know. That could excite. I feel like all of my friends when we got out of college were all these consultants, whether it was within engineering yeah. or strategy. And now, you know, all my friends are, are product managers. I don't know if it's just a, a shift that happened that the, the culture decided to rename that job, but it's yeah. uh, everyone's, everyone seems to be a, a product manager. It sounds like a great job. I mean, it sounds, sounds good. You know, I saw this article the other day. The, the title was um, "Product Managers are People Who Didn't Know What They Wanted to Be When They Grew Up," like growing up. And honestly, <laughs> that resonated. Well. I was like, "That's so, that's me." <laughs> yeah, I mean, how how diverse is the title? If someone says, "I'm a product manager," do you already know what they do, and it just depends on what product they work on, or is it very? Are there lots of different things that you can do as a product manager? There, there is, there definitely is a lot of variety. Um, I think the general idea though is probably the same. Like I could probably tell you at a high level, what they do is basically like, if you think about, let's say you think about, um, super simple messaging in your, in your iPhone, like iPhone messaging. Um, you have multiple types of people that work on it to make that come to life. You have engineers that code it and like, build the capability out you have designers who like determine what tech what color the tech should be um how things should look visually um you have some analytic analytics people who are probably figuring out you know what drives the most engagement or you know to help feed some of the decision making and then you have a product manager who's thinking more about the strategy of all right, I know we have these five things we can build. Which one should we build first? What makes the most sense now? What makes the most sense later? Um, so the PM is supposed to be a little bit more of like that strategic voice um, on that broader team. That's, so that's pretty cool. Of it. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. It gets messy like any job, but yeah, I think, I think the idea of it is cool. Um, you get to actually focus on building something. And I think that's actually probably the biggest attraction from a lot of people going from consulting to product afterwards. Um, some elements of the job are the same. Like you might be still strategically thinking you're business oriented, but you're not going from project to project to project. You're kind of like sitting on a, on, on an actual product and owning it. Um, you know, over the long haul. Before you were at it's CBS, right? Or yeah. it was. So before that, were you a product manager or was this your first time being a product manager? No, this was my first time. So before ah. I joined CBS, I was a consultant. Okay. What? Yeah. So I guess take me back from, from college. Did you go yeah. straight into your master's or did you work and then do a master's? Yeah, man. This So it's, it's, it's been a long windy road. So no, I took, a, I did a year in between undergrad and grad school. So undergrad, I was actually pre-med of and course. like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I was pre-med, but I think the real appropriate description was like, I just, I had no idea what I was really doing. Like looking back, um, but I was pre-med and I didn't love, I think at the core of it, I just didn't love like the actual classes I was taking. Uh, all we Why were you pre-med? Like business. It pre, so for one, I just, I didn't like looking back, I only knew really a couple of professions. It was being a doctor, being a dentist, being a lawyer, being an engineer. Like there's a whole business world where there's like a million <laughs> things you can do within business, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I just looked at those four basic things and I was like, well, I like health. Like I, I grew up being active. Yeah. I see how healthcare impacts everyone. I was like, wow, why wouldn't I want to just be a doctor? It sounds great. And you make good money or, you know, whatever all the other pieces were to it. That makes sense. Um, yeah, makes sense. So that's why I ended up, you know, pursuing pre-med. Um, but it's weird. I always had this weird, like, desire for business but i never really knew what it was i thought it was like i thought business was like opening your own restaurant that's what i thought like a business major eventually goes and like opens up their own small business so i was like that's that feels super insecure um for me but then as i learned more about it i was like like my junior year i think i started putting my arms around a little bit more um matter of fact I even took the mcat oh you took the mcat I took the MCAT. Yeah, oh like studied for the MCAT. Yeah, dude, I took the MCAT. Um, it's weird because looking back, like I was really struggling with the idea of like, am I like giving up on medicine just because I'm being lazy or am I, uh, do I actually not like it? You know? So I feel like taking the MCAT was like a, it's almost like if I run away from the MCAT, I felt like I was giving up or something. I don't know. Wow. And did you do what? You don't have to tell me your score, but did you, did you do well? Well, this is funny. So, so I did, I did like decent in verbal and, um, the physics chemistry section. Um, but I absolutely bombed by. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there were multiple signs. It's not, yeah, I think of that, but I was like, dude, I don't think you like this. <laughs> or at least you're not good at it. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's a hard way to find out. You don't want to be in medicine taking the MCAT. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Like maybe you just like actually so I used as like, I started hedging a little bit. I was like, you know what? Like maybe I'll look into like business in healthcare. You know, there's like a, a happy medium that if I decide to go back, I can always go back to, you can use whatever experience there to support your application for like med school. You know? So you were still thinking long-term. You, 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 right. you, you held on to, to medical school. Yeah, held on to medical school because it's still <laughs> okay. like, I don't know. There's still, it, it's weird to say it now, but I think it still felt like a safety net. All your friends yeah. are pursuing medicine. They're no, still like, I don't know. Um, but then once I started taking classes outside, like economics and stuff, like I think at that point it was like pretty clear that I wasn't going to go back. Um, so then I started looking into master's schools. So, but I spent this one year in between working at this like nonprofit called Healthy Detroit. Oh, really? I didn't know about this. Yeah, yeah. So it was based in Detroit. And my professor knew the person who was running it. Um, and I started doing way better in my classes, by the way, as soon as I left <laughs> biology. 
Um, so she ended up connecting me to this dude and, um, I started working for him a couple of days of the week and basically did that for a year. So worked for a couple of days of the week for him in Detroit, also worked another job at the Plymouth library, um, wow. to like make some money. And, um, that year was kind of crazy. And I was studying for the GMAT at night so I can, <laughs> I can take the GMAT and go to grad school. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, um, so after though graduating after what six seven months, I applied that fall, like around September time to Michigan, and then I got in by January. So I knew like about six seven months after graduating that I was going to go to that I was going to go to grad school in Michigan. So okay. So you were actually doing a couple of jobs in between. So you you were mm-hmm. a nonprofit, and you get yeah. you were you were getting paid for that, right? Or was that? Um, so I wasn't in the beginning toward the second half. I did. This was actually after I got into grad school. I got, because they ended up getting a grant that I could start getting paid for, for okay. six months. I wasn't getting paid. No. And a, non, so a nonprofit basically just means that whatever profits that they make, they spend on themselves. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So then they didn't have enough profit to pay you. No, dude, they were, they were like three people. There were three people because <laughs> okay. this was like a startup nonprofit. So it wasn't even like, <laughs> okay. what were you doing? Like yeah. what was, sounds like you're promoting yeah. healthy lifestyles. It basically. So the whole idea was the concept that they had was okay. In Detroit and Detroit actually, it wasn't as kind of cool as it is now. Then this was in 2014. It's very um, up so and coming now. Of, yeah, it was it was like up and coming then, but now it's like you know a ton of my friends live there and stuff, which is that wasn't happening then. Um, but the idea was that like the accessibility to just being healthy, all the things that you need, like a grocery store, being active and stuff, just didn't exist to people who actually lived in Detroit. Okay. So this nonprofit, the idea was like you would take these public park spaces and bring all these healthy programming into one park place so that people would actually have access to it and get exposed to what healthy living would be. Um, so like an example was we made, so my job was to like build a bunch of these partnerships. So we made partnerships with like a farmer's market. Um, we actually had a couple of lines players come out, but like, um, like a yoga studio, a Zumba studio, and they would all come to the park on one day and do this programming and like, a bunch of people would come in and, I see. and 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 be able to get exposed to that. Yeah, that's a noble cause. I mean, that's pretty cool. Do you still keep in touch with anybody yeah. who was at that? Or no, it's been a while now. I think the last time I talked to one of them, probably a year or two ago. Does um, it exist? I mean, everyone's kind of doing their thing. No, everyone's everyone's went off doing their oh. own thing. I think they just yeah they couldn't actually get it off the ground properly. So you did okay. So you graduated. You took a year to figure stuff out. Halfway through, you figured out mm-hmm. you're going to go to Michigan to do a mat. And what was a master's in health administration? Right, health administration. Okay, yeah. and that was how many years is that? Two years. Two years. Two years. Okay, and so there you learn more of the business side of medicine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a windy path there too. Um, but that the idea was, it's like, yeah, you learn elements of like how public health works in America, how the health healthcare system works from insurance to hospitals. Um, but that was, yeah, that's basically, you know, and then you learn some of the nitty gritty, like accounting and finance and healthcare systems. Um, things like that. Um, I feel like I need that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's honestly, it's funny because like I, I did two years of grad school. I don't know if I still understand the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, like it's so complicated, man. It's so, I, I mean, I guess I understand how the large system, like how generally it works, but it's just so complicated. It was crazy, right? Like I see all these patients and I, I, my training is trying to figure out what's going on with somebody and how to manage it and things like that. But there's so much of it that you have to understand how the system works too. And we don't get any training in that, right? Like I just, I order thousands of tests or I order this 
imaging thing or I order this medication, but then I, I have no idea what happens once that patient leaves the office, right? Copay and right. co-insurance and deductible and what sort of plan. And if I refer somebody, all this stuff, like they just, you learn it as you go, yeah. you know, and it's sort yeah. of up to you, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. man. It's, uh, it's super confusing. Um, like I still get confused. Like, okay, I work at basically a health insurance company. I did a master's in healthcare. And then every year when I'm picking my own insurance plan, I'm always like spending a couple of days confused. I'm like, wait, which one do I pick? Yeah. It's tough. And it's like, you're, you're locked in too, right? You can't like change it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're locked in for the next year. Right. Yeah. Uh, it makes us nervous. I mean, we have a, we have a kid now too. So we have to think about how our health is going to change too and how much more utilization we'd have of the healthcare system and, trying to weigh all those things and pick between, you know, three or four options. I don't know. It's kind of scary. I, I, and we have a lot of resources, right? I can't imagine what it's like for somebody who doesn't have the same literacy or or access to the the information or or people to talk to. And that's a big problem that I hope you're fixing. It's huge, man. Yeah, I know it's huge. (laughs) Like, like honestly, I I lean on my dad a lot for that type of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Like because he's been in, you know, he's had, he's made those decisions for so many years. That's like, I lean on him more. And I, and that's what makes me think is like people who may not have access to resources. How do they even make a good decision when it comes to things like that? I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Hey, You'll I have to teach me. PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah. Send me the deck. Yeah. Um, okay. So then you did a master's and then coming out of there, what was your first job? Yeah. So coming out of there, I started consulting. Um, strategy consulting or, or you know, healthcare consulting? Yeah. Healthcare consulting, I guess. Okay. Yeah. The firm specifically did like strategy. Um, they did three things. They did strategy, they did M and A and they did physician compensation stuff, which I think you, you'd find interesting, but like, um, did that for two and a half years, um, in Chicago. So, yeah. Okay. So you, you've had about, four jobs since graduating since graduating i guess technically three roles so consulting for two and a half the first job at cvs and then my current role at cvs so three. and don't forget the library oh since graduating undergrad or since graduating yeah 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 oh yeah yeah since graduating undergrad i guess healthy detroit the library i worked at the library for like three four years actually three four years undergrad. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> like what were you doing at the library? Now. Um, so the first two, so I started my sophomore year. The first two years, I would just basically like shelve books <laughs> and like help people on the computer. <laughs> wow. uh, I would do like six to eight hours a week, uh, super flexible. So it was easy with school. And then after two years, I actually got promoted <laughs> to the desk. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, you were like a legit, you were a librarian. You were a Hayata librarian. Dude, I was like well on my way. You actually have to have a master's to be a librarian. Oh, really? Okay. So you were not, yeah. not a librarian. I didn't. No, but I was like well on my way, basically, if I kept, if I kept working there. Um, wow. So you were the guy but, that somebody walk in and be like, hey, I want a book by XYZ. You'd be like, oh, let me look it up for you and tell you where it is. Exactly. exactly. But you know, it, it's, it's cool because a lot of old people would come in and they're like, oh, I just want to read a book. And then you like help them figure out what kind of book they want to read. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That sounds like a, a job that would give you a lot of good stories. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, you meet a lot of interesting people. Um, yeah. but the biggest thing was I was in school, so I could actually study while I was at work. I see. Okay. So that's why it was, it was super nice. And I was getting paid a lot in that second row. I was getting paid like 15 bucks an hour. Oh, way more than healthy which Detroit. Which is a lot back then. <laughs> right. Exactly. More than healthy <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's why I kept the job. Okay. And now yeah. you're, you're, you're doing product management now at the second role within this company. Are you, so you obviously like this more than where you were at before, but what yeah. is like, what's like the next step after product manager here at this? Like, do you want to just keep doing this and just moving up within this mm-hmm. role or is there something else? You're yeah. In? Yeah. I think for now I want to stay in product in general, like be a product manager in general. Um, 
I think the next thing will probably be like moving to a more like tech-based company, a little more like a younger company. CVS is massive. So wanting to be at a company that's like late stage, like about to IPO or has just IPO'd um, that 500, a thousand person type of company, something like that, I think would be, would be cool. That'd be a different experience, different from what I'm, you know, experiencing right now. Okay. And you're, so you're completely work from home right now, obviously, right? Right. Yep. They don't require anybody to come in. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to stay where you are. No, no requirement. Um, I think I'll start going there maybe like once a month or once every month, um, to New York, just, to just okay. to get some face down with people. Yeah. Is that something that you feel like you need? I mean, if let's say they didn't require it, like, are you somebody who works well just being at home or do you need to be in the office to get mm. your best work done? Uh, my best work probably happens at doing both. So I think in an optimal situation, I would go in like two days a week okay. and probably two to three days a week in the office, two to three days at home. Which is probably uh, where we're heading, right? I mean, that seems to be the trend for a lot of people. Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, Cause it's nice to be able to go in and, you know, build relationships, actually talk to people and, yeah. you know, all that stuff that does come in handy long-term. Um, but at the same time, it's super distracting at work because you are talking to people. So like, I, I feel like I get more of the deep, like actually thinking through stuff and, you know, I do that better. I would say at home probably. Do you have a specific place in the apartment that you only do your work or are you all over the place? No, no. We, so we have like a, technically it's a one bedroom, but then we have a den. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. this is basically, yeah, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but that there's a desk and we've got, I've got a standing desk that I'm on now. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 All right, cool. So you are planning to go back at least once in a while, but for now work from home is, is pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have been asking some other people this, like how important is work to you? I mean, we obviously all need to, to work, but like how, when it comes to balancing, like you have a lot of hobbies and you know, yeah. Like where does work fall in terms of like priorities? Dude, that's such a good question because that's something that I've been thinking about a lot myself. Um, like if you asked me two years ago, I would say work is really important. Um, and I don't know, it was one of those things that we all went through the pandemic and kind of reframed how we yeah. think about things. But today I would say um, work is important because I need something to put my mind to every day and like work towards things that feel like I'm contributing to and also be able to make money. Um, But it's definitely not the most important thing. Um, I think increasingly I focus more and more on just like my relationships, um, whether it's family, friends, um, with Shana, um, I think that to me is more core to like what life is, uh, what's imp- what's the most important to life. Um, and I think work helps me facilitate those other aspects of life and gives me a day-to-day purpose to kind of go after things, but it's definitely less and less, I would say the key driver of my life. Yeah, I feel like that is probably a very similar answer to what a lot of my friends would say. I think I've noticed yeah. this shift, at least from the generation above us, where work was such a big deal, you know, climbing the ranks and trying to find something that you can gain respect and, and money and this and that. And that was sort of a, a way to at least assign some amount of value. But I think, I don't know if it's the, if it's a pandemic or if it's just the way that our generation is, I think the relationships that we have, we're placing a lot more importance on. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of people are just, I don't know if lonely is the right word, but I think a lot of people are just to some extent feeling more alone physically and socially. And then add on top of that, yeah. the, the pandemic, I think everybody's sort of reframing the things that they find important. And, and the thing that seems to be coming to the top is, well, who are the people that I talk to yeah. every single day? Who are the people that I see? And, how did they affect my personality and the way that I see the world? And 
I agree. I think right. work is a necessity, but I do think that who you surround yourself with and who you talk to and the relationships that you have, that's what seems to be affecting me. And it seems like a lot of other people the most. Yeah, I agree, man. I totally agree with that. Um, I think what also is like, if me personally, I felt like I was a bit on a treadmill, like before the pandemic, like you're running, running, running. Yeah. Part of for me too was, I felt like I was in a constant catch up phase for like being pre-med and jumping into business, feeling like I'm behind the eight ball, like pushing, pushing so I can like quote unquote catch up. Yeah. Um, but then the pandemic, it just like, you know, you got off the treadmill a little bit. Um, and you know, you're not kind of just going from one thing to another, actually spending a lot more time thinking through things. Um, so I think that definitely helped me shift. And also I think probably I just feel a little bit more secure professionally, which I think helps too. Like it gives you yeah. a little bit more confidence to, to seek things outside of work because you feel secure about who you are at work. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's probably a big part of it too. For me, yeah. I, I mean, we are of his one now. So he was born during the pandemic and that was yeah. obviously a big shift in perspective. So wherever work was in terms of priorities, the day he was born was it already it had dropped significantly right. from there. Yeah. <laughs> so I think everybody goes right. through some some event in their life kind of changes their priorities for all the things that they think are important. But right. Yeah. So I, I agree. I think it uh it changes what is important to you over time. Allowing that to change and allowing yourself to understand your experiences, I think helps you feel confident and secure in, in what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you started talking a little bit about, about family and I do want to learn a little bit more about your family. I haven't, I think I met your parents like once very briefly, mm. okay. but um, I want to know like what it was like to be young Hayat. Like where, where did, what kind of yeah. place did you grow up in? Like what, how did your parents raise yeah. you? Like, what was, what was that experience like? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, if I go on a tangent, if I, if I start ranting off and things, just, just refocus me. Um, Fine. we got time. So, um, I, so let's see if I go for far back. Um, so my parents moved here after they got married. Um, my grandma from my mom's side and my mom's brother and sister were already here. So they moved here and then they had me, um, they had me in Michigan. Um, so at that time, it was interesting. Like when they very first moved here, um, they actually all lived in Ann Arbor. So like my grandma, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, um, all lived in like one townhouse um, in Ann Arbor. Um, but then we moved out. We actually, my dad, he he's had the same job since he moved here. Wow. <laughs> um, like the same place. He works for... Um, the Detroit like water and sewage department. Okay. So he works for like the city of Detroit um, for like the, the whole water and sewage stuff. Um, so we actually, there was a rule then where if you work for the city of Detroit, you have to live in Detroit. Oh. So we, so we moved from Ann Arbor to Detroit. Um, we lived like on the border of Detroit and Redford. Um, and I went to private school for a couple of years there. Um, and then when I was eight, it like, basically that rule like went away where you can live wherever you want. So once we did that, we moved to Ken. So that's where I mostly grew up was in Ken. In you left right away. Yeah. yeah. Right. Away. <laughs> <laughs> and then mom were like, all right, okay. we're getting out of here. Um, so I was eight and my brother was one at the time. Okay. Um, and tell me his name again. There. Omar. 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 So O-M-A-R. Seven, yeah. seven years younger than you. Seven years younger than me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we moved to Cannes, which is like your classic suburban, you know, town. Yeah. Um, and mostly grew up there, man. And um, let's see. What else? I know I'm going timeline wise. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So so you're in Canton, which is where you're, they're, they're still in Canton, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Parents still live in the same house. Okay. Yeah. And so you did a little bit of private school, but then high school was, was that also private? No. So once you moved to Canton, like in third grade, it was third grade on, it was full public school. 
Okay. The, 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 the yeah. public school system in Canton is, is better than the public school system in Detroit, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. What? They, how much? Yeah, how much like freedom did you have growing up? I mean, mm. like me for instance, I whenever I left the house, it was you know my parents always knew where I was going, how I was getting there, and the phone number of somebody that I was going to definitely. be with. Definitely, yeah, definitely. <laughs> my parents were definitely like uh, my parents are definitely more strict than say all the friends that I hung out with. Um strict in the sense that I always had a little bit of an earlier time to come home. Yeah. Um, they definitely always knew where I was, where I was going and all that stuff. So they're definitely a little bit more strict. Yeah. Is that, do you feel like that, were you bothered by that? Oh yeah. 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 Back then I was so <laughs> bothered by it. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I mean, I would hate it because I was always like, you know, the first kid that needed to go home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that, yeah. I definitely hated it. Um, yeah, I was just saying. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of... I think what would bother me most is, like, I feel like when I was a kid, I would I would be okay with it when I was with, like, my white friends. That, okay, I gotta go home earlier. My parents are a little more strict. Like, I get it. But it was when I would hang out with, when I would hang out with like, my Muslim or brown friends. And then they would still have to go home early. That's when I'd be like, dude. You, you were, like, the strictest of the strict, that means... Kind of, yeah. I mean, they weren't, they were like looking back, they weren't that, like they were pretty normally strict, but I think at the time I probably took it a little more seriously than, than it was. I see. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I know, I, none of my friends, I don't even know if any of them actually had a curfew, but I definitely had, you know, a time to be home. And it wasn't like I got, yeah, I don't think I was late a lot of times, but it wasn't like if I was a little bit late that I would be getting in trouble. It was, it's more so just, right. I think, instilling the fear in me to, to not find out what happened yeah. if I did get in trouble. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. I never actually got in trouble with my parents. Like, there was no such thing as being grounded. Right, yeah. Um, like, I never actually got in trouble, but it was, you're right. It was just, like, that fear of, like, oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> did they make you, like, do, did you have, like, an allowance and you were doing chores and stuff at home? Uh, I did have an allowance. Um, there, there weren't any hard lines. Like I never had like specific chores, like okay, every Saturday I had to do this, but it was more so like my parents would ask me to do things and like, you know, expect me to do it when they asked me to do it rather than something that was structured. Okay. The allowance, this is funny looking back, like I think my allowance was like $20 a month. Um, okay. Just I mean, for my, like for my own spending. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's that's what's funny. Is like back then, that was like I think I would save money. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're bicycling around everywhere. What you know, like go to one movie yeah. and eat somewhere like one night a week or okay. something. Right, and and that's true. Like if I'm going to the movies or something, they would give me money for that specific thing aside from the twenty dollars a month. But okay, all right. So it's not like you had to earn the allowance necessarily. Nah, no, okay. no, not really. Did you ever have jobs like throughout? high school and in and, and college? Uh, yeah, my first job was senior year of high school. Um, it was like, right, it was the second half of the year, right after basketball season. Um, it was actually, have you heard of student painters? No. Where, so student painters is where like, it's typically college students, younger college students, where they go and paint houses over the summer. Okay. Um, they do it a little bit cheaper. But what they need is they need people to go and actually sell um, and try to get those, you know, to sell the houses on, on getting the houses painted. So my job, me and this other kid, we would go knock on doors and just be like, hey, do you, <laughs> student painters, do you want to, are you interested in getting a quote? And if we got a quote, then we would get paid like 20 bucks. Wow. Otherwise, we'd get paid eight bucks an hour for like going and knocking on doors. So that was actually my very first job. Um, and that started in high school. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like you learned anything from that job or was it just getting money? Um, I think that was the first time that I had to talk to random people, I would say. Um, so I don't know if at the time I understood that I was learning something, but yeah, there was definitely uncomfortable just knocking on people's doors and just trying to sell to them one way or another, just getting them to listen to you. So that definitely put me a little bit out, you know, a little bit out there and into my, you know, it be a little bit uncomfortable in a good way. So yeah, I probably learned, you know, and 
That's interesting. I, I mean, I'm just thinking about in the future, explaining to like our kids, like going from door to door, knocking on people's doors and stuff. Yeah. It seems like such a strange concept. Even now, it just seems like a strange concept. Like, there's nobody, nobody legitimate is walking around knocking on doors. It always seems like some yeah. peddler or somebody you don't want to, yeah. Do, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually remember, I remember the walk up to the door would always be like, it would always, like, it was always so weird because you're like in someone's, you know, house, like their space. Yeah. And you're walking up, (laughs) you're walking up their, their driveway up to their porch to go knock on them and try to sell them something. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. What about your brother? Did he ever do any jobs? So he, um, yeah. So his first job was actually right out of high school too. Um, he had a much better job though. He actually worked for, um, one. So this guy I knew, he, he basically ran a, uh, like a, like he bought a ton of real estate and he would have a real estate company where he does some of the vendor work in terms of like, um, people who have properties, they, um, you know, need some maintenance or whatever it is. So he worked for him and just kind of helped him keep an inventory, um, of his real estate properties, who needs maintenance, who needs, you know, whatever the needs are, he would keep track of it. So he had a much, he had a much better job. Yeah. It sounds like a much more legitimate job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. His, his life was a little more streamlined. (laughs) What was your guys's, what was your relationship? I mean, growing up like seven years is a pretty big difference. And so you guys are never in the same pool or anything. Like, did he look up to you a lot? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, when we were kids, we were super close, like always playing around. Like when I was, which is actually funny because I feel like I probably remember those memories more than he does. Cause he yeah. was three when I was 10, right? So at 10, it's very vivid for me at three. He remembers stuff, but it's not as vivid. Yeah. Um, and then as I got older, when I'm 16, he's not, when I'm 17, he's, that's a huge difference. That's, a, that's like an idiot. Yeah. Right. So I think at that point we start, like, I think I started to pull away a little bit and do my own thing. Um, um, so then, you know, I look back at like, I feel like I, at that point, like once through on through undergrad, I feel like I started functioning a little bit as a third parent, um, which I look back on. I'm like, yeah, probably not great, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that definitely was what was happening. Um, so like we were close, but I think there was still, you know, when you're a third parent, I think there's still a gap in terms of just like a pure, like friendship type of relationship where now I feel like we're, you know, now he's, um, like he's turning 23 this year. He's 22 right now. Now we're back to kind of being close to how we were when we were younger. It's starting to yeah. level out and like, you know, much more common ground and things like that. Um, you but like that he, was like, mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying, but he, like, he, he did a lot of, like, he, um, we did a lot of the same things growing up. Like he played, I played basketball. He played basketball for the same coach. Um, he's actually in business now, but like, it's kind of interesting. I feel like when there's a big gap, I feel like there's actually a lot of similarities between siblings is what I've noticed. I don't know. Um, when they're closer in age, it's kind of like there's a bit more differences, but they're tighter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the younger one, so I can't, can't really yeah. say anything. What's your guys' age gap? Uh, my sister's four years older. Okay. Yeah. So it's Did kind that of, feel like a lot growing up or? It, uh, yeah, I would say it felt like a lot. I think, I think I've always looked at her as like a, a role model. Um, mm, okay. I mean, we were, we've been close like always. And I don't, I, I don't think we had that same swing in relationship where it was like we would play together and then it was more of like a parent and then more like a friend. I think we did play and, but, but she was always somebody who I think was somewhat of a parent not because yeah. she was necessarily that much older than me, but that's just kind of, I think how she was. And, yeah. um, 
but yeah, I think now it's now that we're both obviously adults and mm-hmm. we have kids and I think there's no more of that parent feeling. Right, right. It, it is much more of, you know, now we are contemporaries, brother, sister, and we need to learn how to be friends and we need to learn how to stay close and, and maintain this, this family. Right. Just harder right. than it sounds. And it sounds hard. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's something that I know for me over the past couple of years, like I've had to really put in effort. Like, I feel like I realized I was like, okay, I'm being like a third parent to my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and really shifting how I, how I see the relationship and how I ask him questions a lot more, a lot less telling him a lot more asking him questions. Um, I see. Uh, little things like that. So for us, it was, it was bigger shifts probably because of me. <laughs> I was going to say, like, do, oh. like, do you think it's more so because of the way that he was when he was younger or was it more so because of the way that you were, that you felt like you needed to parent him or was he acting in a way where you were like, you need to be set straight. He was not like, he's, he was a really good, like he's a really good kid. Um, so I think it just, it was just more of me to be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think the one point where I saw like a need for parenting was like my parents are like, they're really good at like me and my, me and my brother both have learned a lot of really good habits from my parents from like the day to day stuff. Like yeah. I see how hard my parents work on like their garden or like cooking, you know, mm-hmm. but the gap for them was they don't like, they didn't grow up here. They didn't necessarily go to school here. So like, there's a little bit of a gap in like, okay, how, how do things work? Um, when getting into a really good school, it's kind of an equation. Like it's not just being really good at school or there's a lot of other factors. So they know stuff with they, you know, they don't know it as well as maybe as I do going through it. Um, so that's where I felt like the need to be a third parent was when my brother was in high school and he's looking to go to college. Um, you know, how do, how do I help guide him to make sure that he has the best chance to go to the best school that he can? Um, I think that that's where times where I felt like, like a high need to like be that third parent to fill that gap. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's, that's great. Right. I think any, Speaking for younger siblings, I think that we, most people would want that. I don't think, I know it sounds like you're being a parent, but it sounds more just like you're a responsible person uh, who recognizes that, you know, you have a younger person who is looking up to you and probably needs some help. And of course, parents are there, but it sounds like you're doing the right thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think maybe I would change the approach. Maybe I'm okay. too hard on him. Sure, okay. Like, you know what I mean? The approach is in a little bit more mature way. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. So what what is he doing now? So he actually lives in New York now. Um, he is out there doing banking. Um, he's been doing that since last July. Wow. Yeah. He works he's living on your fantasy, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing. He's doing. Yeah, he's doing out there. Um, but he's good. It, it's weird, man. It's weird to hear him talk now because he's just so. Um, like he actually makes good points, you know. I'm like, whoa, crap! Actually, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that shift of like, whoa, okay, like he he. It, it's that shift of actually. I'm learning a lot from him, you know, over the last yeah. year or two, mm-hmm. which is super cool. You know, I talked to to Shank a lot about this because he's an older brother and I talked about the relationship between his parents and, and him and then him and his younger brother. And we sort of talked yeah. uh, similarly about how his relationship changed over the years. And um, I think I focus a lot more on like me versus my parents and how they raised me and then how I you know am now. But I think there is a lot more too in terms of like the older sibling, younger sibling relationship where that changes too over time. Like you said, like you're kind of, you feel like a parent and then you're a friend. And I think it makes a big, yeah. it makes a big difference, especially in the younger sibling to, to go through both you and your parents and then you and your older sibling. There's like a lot to right. figure out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. I think he also has a similar gap, right? Seven, yeah. It's pretty similar. Like that, yeah. 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 I remember talking to him about it a little bit. Yeah. It's really, I don't know. I find this stuff very interesting. I, I was saying also that I, I wonder what it's like to be an older sibling. And I wonder, 
Like how, how different would I be? Yeah. I, it's funny. I always think about what if I was the younger brother too? Like, what is it like to have, you know, a third person that you're supposed to be like within your nucleus family that's right. um, older than you? Um, yeah. 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 Interesting. The most amount of time I spent with you when you were in Chicago, you mm-hmm. were training for this triathlon. I wanted to talk to you mm-hmm. about this because yeah. I, I, I feel like it's, it's such an interesting thing to do. Um, yeah. not something that I could necessarily do myself, but I want to talk to you about the whole like, training process and, and the race itself. And then kind of after that, how things have been, what, what was it that made you want to do this triathlon? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's two, one, um, I tore my ACL in like December of 2016 surgery in like February, 2017. Um, and I remember sitting in class at that point, I was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play. Like, like I grew up loving team sports, like basketball, football, soccer. Like I love just going out and running around with those type of sports. Um, but after the 20th ACL, I was a little worried that I wouldn't be able to do that anymore. Um, like the cutting lateral movement. So there was some dude who would like, he, his name was Steve Nelson. He was like an alum and I would come in and do this talks and he would do triathlon. Like that was a huge thing for him. So like, that's where the seed kind of got planted. I was like, all right, I don't love running by itself. Maybe a triathlon would be fun. Something that keeps me active. I don't have to do lateral movements. Um, so it's good for my knee or better for my knee. Maybe, um, that's where the seed got planted, but I still didn't have the courage to do it yet. You said, and then I started getting, yeah. So then you said you 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 didn't like running. So why not do running, swimming and biking? Exactly. Right. (laughs) Why not do a combination? (laughs) (laughs) Instead of 26 miles of running, you know, you can decrease that a little bit and add some other things to it. Okay. Um, and then, so I didn't have the courage to do it yet. I did, I, you know, I lived in Chicago for like a year and was doing consulting, started gaining weight, started getting kind of, you know, started putting on some layers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the first time in my life that I had ever put on weight. Like since I was a kid, I was super active. So it was, so I was like, all right, I need to change something here. Um, I don't love weightlifting and going to the gym a lot, to be honest, at that time. Mm-hmm. I like playing sports, but I couldn't do that because of my knee. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do the triathlon. I'm just going to sign up for it. That's going to be my way to get back into shape. It's going to be my new hobby. It's going to get me active again. So I just said, I just got to take the plunge, sign up for it and just go. So that's basically why I did it. Yeah. Um, That's incredible to be honest, to make that kind of a commitment. Yeah. I need, I, I had to change something. Like it was just like, it, I think that like, I'm also realizing now, like I've, I'm just so happy when I'm active, when I'm running around, when I'm yeah. outside. So when the knee thing happened, like it was not just, you know, not just struggling from the injury itself. Like I was mentally struggling from just like I was active ever since I can remember. Um, and I'm not anymore. So like I need to figure something out to, to, to help, you know, to help fix this basically. Yeah. And I know I joke about, you know, I go, oh, I, I couldn't, I could never do that. I, I could, I, I could do a triathlon, yeah, right? 100%. I mean, it's 100%. just about the insane amount of work that goes into preparing for it, right? I mean, yeah, there's probably a lot of people out there. I mean, tons of people can't actually physically do a triathlon, but there's lots, there's more people who say they can't, but but can do it. So I think it's hundred percent incredible that yeah. you actually went through with it, and, and I know it ended up being a biathlon, but still. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were you were ready for a triathlon. That's that's I was, all that's I was ready for it. that's yeah, all that matters. Yeah. yeah. So I know you liked what well, you said you liked biking the most, right? That was like your strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And remind me again what the numbers are. So it's a half marathon and then a running. Mm-hmm. No, it's a 10K. It's a 10K. Yeah. It's a 10K and then how many miles of biking? Yeah. So this is the Olympic distance. So it's actually, so swimming comes first, which is 0.92 miles or something like that. Okay. Um, then it's 26.2 miles biking and then the 10 K, but so a little over six miles running at the end. Okay. All right. Yeah. And before the race, had you done that whole thing once or no? No, no, no. no that could right. tell you not. Well, 
they tell you not to do it when you're in training because it just, it's too hard on your body. Um, okay. <laughs> unless you do it a couple months before, but then that's when you start training basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then- I had, I had done two things, um, like a decent, like, I think I had done like 25 miles biking and like maybe a three, four mile run. I think that was the most I did. Okay. Before. So before you started training, how much mm-hmm. could you do? Oh, dude, I, yeah. biking, I probably could have done the 25 just slower than I did. Okay. Swimming, dude, swimming, I literally could not do more than three there and backs. Not even like three, <laughs> like once going down, two is coming back, two <laughs> okay. is going down. That was the most I could do when I first started swimming. Yeah. Um, that was the biggest. Yeah, that was, that was huge. You, um, I mean, they, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, it, I mean, doing all three of those things together is already an incredible physical feat. But do you think that training and doing the race, was it more of a mental challenge or was it more of a physical challenge? I, I think it all starts mental. Um, like, physical physical is almost like a like it is a challenge physically but that roots from like your mental challenges um, yeah what i mean by that and this is kind of a lot what i learned actually i think through through the triathlon it, it wasn't the day of but it was the training and that like compounding effect over three four five months of just doing very small like contributions to your end goal like um but that means that mentally you have to be good at breaking down this large chunk into like very small pieces, um, being learning how to like be patient. Um, even when you have like really bad days of training, um, you know, how you can still see the big picture of how you're contributing to getting to that end goal. Um, mentally being aware of when you need a little bit more rest or when you can push a little bit more, or when you can push a little bit more, not to push as much to make sure that you can train the next day rather than just today. So like mentally it's, I think it's a huge mental piece to it more than it is physical. Like that's what I think a lot of people see triathlon and they get daunted by the physical feats of it. But I think people don't realize how mental it is and how that they could pick it up because it is more mental than it is physical. Yeah if you had to do a triathlon tomorrow, would you be able to complete it? Mm. I haven't gone swimming in a while. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, it's funny though. Swimming. I, I, I actually would feel decently confident in swimming. So if you gave me three weeks, I actually think I would do better at the triathlon today than I would now, even though I'm not training for it just three because weeks. I'm coming from a healthier place. Yeah. Okay. Like then I started off like super out of shape, at least now like <laughs> I go to the gym and I'm in shape. So it's more about being better at those events. Um, but no, I couldn't do it tomorrow. No. I, would What's, need, I would need a little bit. Are you planning to do another race of some sort? Uh, you know, I don't have anything planned right now. Um, and the reason why this summer I got back into basketball and like soccer and stuff, like my knee feels great. Okay. So honestly, like I, I kind of just want to keep it open. Like, I just like, I feel like I'm back in that space of like, I like being active. I am being active and I want to just spend it. However, rather than like a super structured way. Yeah. Cause when you're doing the triathlon, you have to run, swim, bike. Right. Um, you can't really do anything else. So I kind of just want to do whatever for now. So you, you <laughs> feel like a year. You I'll feel satisfied at least from accepting that challenge and then going through the training and then showing up on race day. You yeah. don't feel like you need to keep proving to yourself that you can do something like that. No, dude, I, I really like it did. It did accomplish my original goal of like getting me back to being active. Yeah. Um, like, and so that, that was the biggest thing and it did that for me. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, what else, I mean, outside, I know you work out a lot now, like what else are you doing if you're not working or you're not working out? Mm. Do you read? I, you know, I do read, I actually do read a lot, but I spend a lot of time reading articles on, okay. on the internet more than books. 
Um, like I just like, sometimes I lose some patience with books, but, um, the most recent book I was reading was Steve Jobs autobiography. Oh, okay. Um, super interesting. I love biographies in general. Um, okay. Just so like, like learning about life. Nonfiction yeah, is people. what you're going to read. Yeah. I don't read a ton of fiction. Um, okay. not because I don't like it, but I just end up kind of being attracted more to your life is exciting stuff. enough. You don't need to delve into the <laughs> fantasies of books. When you start with that way, maybe I do need to start reading more fiction. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, do you have any other like projects, like personal projects that you're working on outside of work or anything, or mm. just your just your body is your personal project? Uh, no, I think so. Well, um, we I picked up skiing this skiing? past year. Yeah, skiing. Oh, skiing. Nice. Last winter picked it up, and this winter, you know, went a little bit more. Um, that's probably the newest cool thing that I've probably been doing is skiing. Um, and that's super cool. Skiing is skiing is a blast. Um, Pretty scary. It is, dude. You know, you learn a lot from it too, though. It's like you have no choice but to go down and like yeah. go down this hill, and it's yeah. like you just have to figure out how to steer your way through. Oh you God. can't really stop you know i mean you can't yeah. stop but you gotta go you can't go back up the hill it's like yeah you have to go down <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean there is definitely a lot to learn um i think i think what i get scared about the most is picking up speed and not being able to slow down or control the way that i'm yeah. going down the hill and i'm not very good of course if i were i wouldn't have that problem but it is right. fun i also recently sort of became a little bit more serious about learning how to ski. Where, where are you going? To okay. So I learned, um, here in Wisconsin, uh, what's it called? Uh, Cascade, Cascade mountain. Um, okay. I mean, it's not a mountain, but it's actually a pretty good <laughs> ski place here. <laughs> like the steepness is actually like, it would get you ready to go ski out okay. west. Um, but what helped me first of all, so Shana, Shana like grew up skiing. So she's pretty good. So she okay. taught me the first couple of times. And then I actually took a, uh, like a lesson and that was, man, okay. that helps a lot. Like that yeah. got rid of, he helped me with like the small things mm -hmm. that make me feel more safe when I'm skiing. Like if I'm in a bad situation, how do I navigate okay. out of it? Um, and that helped a ton. So I would, I would definitely it. recommend it. You're pretty good at like taking lessons at things. I feel like you've taken a lot of lessons. Like you're, whatever your hobbies or interests are, you, you're good about not just throwing yourself into it and learning. You, I mean, you've taken golf lessons, you've taken skiing lessons, golf you get lessons, a personal yeah. trainer for like, wait, I mean, you, you feel like you've done this a lot. It's, mm. it's smart. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I haven't thought about that. Um, I guess I just like, I don't know when I, I mean, you've gotten good at all these things, so it's, it's working or you're just incredibly yeah, talented. But that's what helps me, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't like, uh, like if I get a lesson, they help me prioritize what to learn and like how to learn it. Um, whereas if I do by myself, I kind of just, you know, like it takes me a lot longer to figure out just the basic stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great way. I wish I had done more, more lessons for some of the things that I'm interested in, but I guess it's never too late. You can always no, start dude, taking yeah. lessons. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you yeah. can give me lessons now on skiing. Yeah, true. I can get you started. Definitely. I'll come up. Get you started. All yeah. Right. Um, you learn it quick. You would I, honestly learn it much quicker than you think you would. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like this mountain isn't too big at Cascade either. So I could yeah, yeah, pick it up pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Last thing I was going to talk to you about. I know yeah. you also had or have a podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you still do that? Oh, was it the fantasy podcast? Yeah. 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 I mean, you were like, I don't know, you were top three or something in, in iTunes for podcasts on fantasy. No. Dude. <laughs> I need to we learn something it. from you. We, no, dude, I think I did. I think we did like two episodes. We're like, all right, this, yeah, this is a lot of work. Um, How did you set that up? Who was that? Who was that with? So we have this, uh, so I have, I have like a group of friends that I grew up with. Um, that we're all really, really cool, still tight. And, you know, we, we know each other since elementary school, but we've been playing fantasy with each other since high school. Um, 
And so there's 12 of us in the fantasy league and we're always, we take fantasy like way too seriously, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's fun because it keeps us close too. Yeah. So we would do all these things. Like someone would do a blog power rankings. And then one year we're like, let's do a podcast. Um, so we did a podcast, but we talked specifically just about our league. And I was like, this is too much work just for 12 people. <laughs> so like, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's fun though. I mean, I, I know, I know it takes a lot of time and part of why I like doing this, cause it actually takes no prep. Like I'm not taking notes and researching and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's, see, that's the turn it on. Like the way you're doing it is cool. Yeah. The way you're doing it is cool. And like, this is cool. like for us, we would actually have to go do so much research about right. fantasy to go yeah. in there and talk about it. I was like, oh, this is too much work, like too much yeah. prep work. Right. Nobody can fact um, check me. Right. I mean, this, this is all made up. So <laughs> yeah, you're just doing the, the conversation and this is no man. I'm glad you're doing this. This is super cool. I listened yeah. to that episode with uh, Samit actually. Oh yeah. And I was like, I feel like I, I've learned so much about Sam just through, just through this podcast. And I probably wouldn't have learned, you know, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely, I think, brought me closer to everyone I've done this with so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's fun, especially with people who, you know, are not even in Chicago like you. Like, it's nice to be able to right. catch up with, with people. Uh, thank you for spending time on your busy Friday afternoon. Oh, no, uh, yeah, thanks, man. I'm, I was I was pumped to be on here. I was hearing through, like, Ali and Nikki that you had a podcast going, so. I know, and everybody's hounding me now. Nikita's like, she texting me and she's saying, why are you not telling me about this? And when do I get you on in? I said, I don't know. You'll get an invite. Okay. All right, dude. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, brother.